You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. David is the type of Christ. David is telling us not to fear. David is telling us not to fear. And he's given us an inheritance also. I'm going to restore the years the locusts have eaten away. I'm going to give you these riches. I'm going to give you all, the, all these things through me, Jesus is saying. Abide in me, and I'll abide in you. And we're abiding in the Father. And you have all these things, all those blessings we have in Christ Jesus. We don't deserve any of it. We don't deserve any of it. We deserve hell. We deserve to be separated from God for the rest of eternity. Fear has no place in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of courage. But why? In today's message, Pastor Dave will remind you that you can take courage in the many blessings that God has promised his children throughout the whole Bible. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 9, as he begins his message, The Kindness of God. I believe we'll be prostrate before him. Just like Meshibaseth was prostrate before David. David calls him by name, Meshibaseth. This changes the entire scene. This ministered to the young boy's heart. He was only 20 years old. Just like when the Lord calls our name. He knows your name. He knows your every thought. He calls us by name. Our hearts are overfilled with joy when the Lord calls us by name. The John, in his, in his gospel, in chapter 10, says, Jesus knows the name of the sheep. And when he calls the sheep by name, they hear his voice. And they come to him. Meshiva Seth replies, here is your servant. And as soon as I read this, I thought, wow, it's just like what Eli told Samuel to do. Remember Samuel was sleeping back in chapter 3 or 4 of 1 Samuel? Samuel's asleep. His mom and dad had left them off, and Samuel's asleep. And all of a sudden he hears, Samuel, Samuel. And he gets up and he runs into the next room and says, Eli, Eli, what did you want? Nothing, I'm sleeping. Nobody called you. Well, it happens three times. And on the third time, Eli said, wait a minute. I think the Lord's trying to talk to you. Say, here I am, Lord. Your servant is here. So the next time that happened... Samuel said, here I am, Lord, your servant's listening. And the Lord gave him this great prophecy. The Lord wanted to talk to your hearts. Maybe you should just say, here I am, Lord, I'm open. You know, the hardest thing I have to do, and I'm going to admit this, the hardest thing I have to do is, because I just want to gab to them. I want to talk to them. He knows what's on my heart. But if we would just sit, what's the scripture? Be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. He speaks to us in that still, small voice. Because the world is clamoring. The world is yelling at you. The world is on one side of your head with cymbal, bang, 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 yelling and screaming and hollering, you're no good. You don't deserve anything. That person hurt you. That person hurt you. You need to get back at this person. Get back at that person. Blah, blah, blah. You call yourself a Christian. Blah, 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 blah. And it's hard to block that out. The Lord speaks to us in a still, small we need to be ever still before him. Here I am, Lord. Speak to me. Your servant awaits what you want to say. 
speak to us. One of the greatest and best ways he speaks to us is through his word. He speaks to us through his word. He may give you a scripture. And you look it up and you go, that's exactly what I was thinking about. That's exactly what I'm going through. Well, yeah. Your servant is here. What a great response when the Lord calls. Your servant is here. Wow. Look at David's words now to Meshivashef in um, verse 7a. First words out of David's mouth. So David said to him, do not fear. Wow. Reading along through the Gospels, you've probably heard that once or twice. And it's probably coming from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. After the resurrection, when he entered the room, do not fear, it is I. Why did he say that? Because he knew that fear was the opposite of faith. He knew that fear would kick the faith out. He says, don't fear, believe. Don't be afraid to believe. Believe, it's me. Fear not, he says. Can you imagine what was going through his mind? Can you imagine what's going through this young man's mind? He'd been hiding now for over 15 years. He knew that he was next in line to the throne. He knew that most kings always kill anyone left of the family so that they can take the, take the throne. He knew that. And he was probably shaken. He'd been hiding all these years. He didn't care if it was a desolate land. He didn't care if he was far away from God. He was in hiding. He didn't want anybody to find him. And all of a sudden, some the king wants to see you. Oh, man. Now, I bet that was a sleepless night. What's going to happen to me? And then he gets before the king. He gets before the king and he prostrates himself before him. And the king says, fear not. Fear not. Can you imagine what it felt like? Fear not. Those words of encouragement, those words of faith, fear not. We haven't been given a spirit of fear. Scripture says we've not been, not been given a fear, spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. You might be thinking that you strayed so far from God that all he wants to do is thump you. But that's not the case. I'm sure Mesivashev thought that David would kill him. I'm sure he thought, I'm a dead man. I'm going into his palace. I'm going into look for him, and I'm going to stand before him. He's going to kill me. He's going to have one of his mighty men come out and cut my head off. I can see it coming. I'm sure of it. But David doesn't do that. Look at the rest of seven. Fear not. Do not fear. For I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore to you the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Whoa. Did Meshivah look at David and go, did he pull a taxi? You talking to me? I bet his head was spinning. His head had to be spinning. Wait a minute. One minute I think I'm going to be killed. And now it's going to be like I'm going to be a prince. It's now like I'm a prince again. And, and all of a sudden, he's going, to, he's, going to, he's going to show me kindness. He's going to restore my land to me. I'm going to be a landowner again. And I'm going to eat at his table. I'm going to sit at the king's table every night. What's going on here? This must have blown his mind. This must have blown his mind. Well, folks, that's what we have. We have the same Thing. If you look at David as the type of Christ, David is telling us not to fear. David is telling us not to fear. And he's given us an inheritance also. I'm going to restore the years the locusts have eaten away. I'm going to give you these riches. I'm going to give you all, the, all these things through me, Jesus is saying. Abide in me, and I'll abide in you. And we're abiding in the Father. And you have all these things, all those blessings we have in Christ Jesus. We don't deserve any of it. 
We don't deserve any of it. We deserve hell. We deserve to be separated from God for the rest of eternity. But that's called grace. David showers Bathsheba's with grace upon grace. He showers this upon him. His head must have been spinning. The Lord has given us his body and blood to partake of. And he's preparing a place for us. He's preparing a place right now. A grand, wonderful place. In, in scripture, it's called a mansion. It's a wonderful, beautiful place. And if God's preparing a place for us, he's now preparing us for that place. He's getting us ready to inhabit that place. A beautiful thing. And he's preparing a dinner for us. The marriage supper of the Lamb. The marriage feast of the Lamb. He's preparing that. We're going to sit at the king's table. And we're going to eat. And I know how much of us love to eat, so there we go. So. But there's a place in heaven for us. Don't you understand? Look at that. There's a place in heaven for us. When I deserve the pit of hell, I deserve to be stoned. I deserve to be pulled apart, chopped in a million pieces, and shipped all over the world. But because of God's grace, because of his love, he has bestowed that upon me as one of his sons because I accepted Jesus' sacrifice on the cross as forgiveness of sin. I came to the cross. I repented of my sin. I asked for forgiveness. I believed upon the cross. I believed that God raised him on the third day. And he says, boom, you're my child. Filled me with his Holy Spirit. I have an inheritance. He's given me his Holy Spirit as earnest money, a down payment. You'll be with me forever. Wow. Wow. Incredible. It's incredible what God has done for us. We take it so much for granted sometimes. Verse 8, then he bowed himself and said, what is your servant that you would look upon such a dead dog as I? Look at the way Meshavosheth thought about himself. Called himself a dead dog. Called himself a dead dog. This is such humbleness. This is such humility that he came before God. When I read this, the only thing I could think of is what we studied a couple weeks ago when David said to the Lord, who am I? Who am I, Lord, that you would do this for me? Here, Meshavosheth is basically saying the same thing. Who am I? I'm just a dead dog with fleas. I'm just, I just you know, I'm just a mutt. And here you are doing all these things for me. What is, what, he, he, it's incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. A humbleness. He looks upon himself as a dead dog. See, our Lord like I said, wants to restore to you those years that the locusts have eaten. He wants to restore to you an inheritance. He wants to give you all that he has. We call this the abundant life. The abundant life can be had right here on earth right now. Our response to God should be the same way. Because why, Lord, are you so good to me? Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you. You are so, so good for me. I ran from you. I did things against you. I never thought of you. I did everything I could to keep away from you. And still, you loved me. Wow. Wow. Greater love hath no man. You are so amazing, Lord. Your grace is so amazing. Let's finish the chapter. And the king called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have, given, I have given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul and to all his house. You, therefore, and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him, and, shall, and you shall bring in the harvest, and that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord the king has commanded to his servant, so will your servant do. As for Meshavosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Meshavosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. 
And all who dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants to Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table, and he was lame in both feet. David takes him into his own home. He provides for him. He protects him. He is eating at the royal table. He's basically a prince. He's basically restored to what he was when his grandfather was king. What he was, he's restored. The Lord restores the years that were eaten. The Lord restores those years to our hearts. He refreshes our heart. David places all the resources and all the authority of the king at Meshavosheth's disposal. We have been given the same provisions by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We have his protection. We have his provisions. He cares about the birds of the fields. He cares about the lilies of the field. How much more will he care about you? How much more will he give you those things? We have a higher position in the Lord than David gave to Meshavosheth. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And God has given us riches to his mercy and grace. He has given us unsearchable riches in Jesus Christ. He supplies all our needs according to his glory. The 20, excuse me, the 75 blessings that I gave you aren't enough. I'm sure you can find more. I'm sure you can find more. I've got some more that you can take with you and look at if you didn't get one last week. 75 blessings that we found in the Bible that we have in Jesus Christ. Mephibosheth lives the rest of his life in Jerusalem, but we are citizens in a heavenly Jerusalem. Our Savior, we await. We eagerly await the Lord to come and take us to the home, our new home in Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, and we're going to dwell in the Lord forever. This event should touch your heart. It should give us hope. It should give us praise. It should give us thanksgiving to our Lord because we have the same things. This demonstrates the spiritual life that we now have in Jesus Christ. In the Gospel of John, in that glorious chapter 15, read a couple verses here. Let me read the first eight verses. Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. He wants us to bear much fruit. Abiding in Christ. When we abide in Christ, we bear fruit. What kind of fruit? It's spiritual fruit. It's spiritual fruit. And what I'm getting at is in the book of Galatians, Paul lists the fruits of the Spirit. He lists them in Galatians 5.22. Before he comes to that, he lists all these things of what it looks like not walking in the Spirit. Not walking in the Spirit, and it's such a disgusting list, I'm not going to read it. You read it for yourself. It's a disgusting list of things that we were once a part of. He said in verse 22 of Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit. I'm talking fruit, not gifts right now. I'm talking fruit. The fruit that comes out by how? By abiding in Christ. 
When we abide in Christ, these fruits are evident in our lives. And a lot of people think that it's a list of fruit, but then on the other hand, they think that there is one fruit and there are eight adjectives that go with that fruit. The one fruit is love. The one fruit is love. Because if you don't have love, you're not going to have any joy. If you don't have love, you're not going to have long-suffering. You're not going to have goodness. You're not going to have kindness. You're not going to have self-control or nor any of the other fruit. It's not going to come out. Because Paul said the greatest thing is love. We are to love one another as Christ has loved us. We are to share that love one to another. We're to be kind to one another. Kindness is simply means being friendly. Being generous, being considerate. We're to consider each other's feelings. That doesn't mean we're not going to have problems every now and then because the flesh is going to rise up and there will be problems. There will be problems. But be the first to apologize. Be the first to come to a brother or sister and say, if I offended you, I'm sorry. Let's move on as brothers and sisters. Let's move on as brother and brother, sister and sister. Let's move on. And let the the love of the Lord shine forth. But if you're not abiding in Christ, if you're not abiding in him, it says you're not going to bear this fruit. Instead, there'll be contention. There'll be anger. There'll be all sorts of horrible things in your life because you're not abiding in Christ. It's so simple that we abide in Christ. He said, apart from me, you can do maybe this or maybe that. No. Apart from me, you can do no thing. Nothing. Nothing. You want to sow joy? Abide in Christ. But first of all, you have to show love. And that's the first thing they mention. Fruit of spirit is love. And it's described in the adjectives by joy, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, etc. Show love. We're meant to love one another. We're meant to show that love. And yes, because of the flesh we dwell in, because of the old nature, rears its ugly head now and then, and because of this, we do argue and we quarrel every now and then. It happens. Happens to the best of people. Happens. My goodness. My goodness. Joy is contagious. Did you know joy is contagious? Just like laughter is contagious, go to one of those crazy fun houses where the fat ladies stand up and go, ah, stand there for a while. I can guarantee you'll start to laugh. I can guarantee you'll start to laugh. Joy is contagious. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Okay. So if you have the joy of the Lord, it should be contagious. You should be walking around here joyfully, wonderfully. Joy is great. It's a wonderful thing. We're blessed when we're loved. We're so filled with joy. When we might be normally be miserable, we have this wonderful joy about us. Peace is the cessation of hostilities. Wish we could have the cessation of hostilities. But because we're fleshly, we live in a carnal state sometimes instead of a spiritual state. We need to come out of the carnal and live for the spirit. Live in a spiritual state. Love wishes no ills. Love takes no names. Love holds no grudges. Love, you know the verses in in 1 Corinthians 13, what it says about love. Long-suffering is a characteristic of love. And it makes us kind after one another after we've been mistreated. How long has God suffered with us? How long has God suffered with us and still suffers? Yes, he does. Still suffers. Love is gentle. It's not harsh or abrasive. It's gentle. Love is the only positive motive for goodness. Some people are good because they feel the consequences of doing something wrong. That's not true goodness. Love is the motivator for all these things, for joy, long-suffering, peace, goodness, kindness. Love is this. The faith mentioned here is not like the gift, but it comes from love. 
characteristics of agape love, the result of the Holy Spirit's work in your life. You say you're born again, and if you're born again, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit to allow the Holy Spirit to empower you to experience this love? Experience this love that's deep in your heart that's for you. And out of that comes joy. Who said it, Peter? Joy unspeakable. Joy inexpressible. Joy that you can't explain why you have this joy in you. It so wells up in you, in your joy. David told Mephibosheth that he would eat at the king's table continually. And in Christ, there's a constant supply of good for the repentant sinner. At the cross, our dissatisfaction becomes satisfaction. At the cross, our barrenness becomes fruitful. And at the cross, instead of being far off, we were brought near to salvation through Christ Jesus. It all took place at the cross. God the Father, through his blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, has given us this. And from that moment on, we become an outpouring of God's grace. God's grace. Have you shown somebody's God's grace today? Have you showed God's grace when it wasn't warranted? I'm sure that when Mephibosheth sat down for dinner and sat at the king's table, he always thought himself as unworthy to sit there. Always thought of himself as unworthy. Sometimes we too think about how far away we were from God. We go back to the days of yesteryear and we think about how far we were away from God and how far God has brought us. And we should be so thankful. We should be so, so thankful. I'm not what I was. I'm not what I should be, but man, I'm not what I'm going to be. Oh, I'm not what I'm going to be. As we sit and contemplate our unworthiness, we remind that not receiving the blessings because of our good behavior. We're not receiving these blessings because of our good behavior. We didn't receive these 75 gifts in Christ because we were good looking, behaved well, and acted accordingly. We received those by one word and one way or only grace. God's grace. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. We receive them by what Jesus did on the cross. We find out that Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Oh my gosh. Why did the Holy Spirit put that there? Why did the Holy Spirit put that in that passage? It's part of God's abundant grace. When David looked out and said, who's going to take care of this lame man? Well, there's 35 people ready to go. 35 people ready to wait on this guy. He had to be carried basically every place. There was no wheelchairs. There were no things during those times. He had to be carried everywhere. And they did this. One commentator said this, quote, this is an old texture picture of a New Testament truth that if we seek first the kingdom and his righteous, all these things will be added. All these things will be added. Matthew 6, 33. God has an abundant supply that he provides to get you. You're going to be triumph one day. Everything you have is through God's amazing grace. Everything. You are We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you, but that's all we have time for today on Assure Hope. We'd like to invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. 
There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. You can explore more of this series in 2 Samuel or jump to another book of the Bible. Each one gives unique insight into God's plan for you and this world you live in. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. In this busy world, setting time aside to study the Bible in depth is difficult. So we'd like to make that just a bit easier. By subscribing to our podcast, you'll have sound biblical teachings sent right to your smartphone or computer. What a great way to infuse your day with God's Word. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m., and you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. We're gathering in person, but we understand if you're not comfortable with that yet. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live. Just follow the link at assurehoperadio.com. We look forward to worshiping with you, either in person or virtually this weekend. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in the book of 2 Samuel, right here on Assure Hope.